Welcome to Thursdays. We're back. We are back. Well, we have been back. <laughs> we have been back. That's true. Uh, we've been recording our podcast a little bit out of war for some of these. We've had one episode behind us. Um, but I'm uh, so confused. I'm so confused. You know, when you decide to go on vacation for a little bit, you have to sort of work ahead and plan through these things. Anyway, we are glad to have you guys. I'm not going on vacation, by the way. It's that guy. I don't know who the other guy is talking yeah. about is. <laughs> Having to get two, three weeks worth of work if, done in one week if is If I were going fun. on vacation, you'd be like, oh, I'm just going to do the podcast without you. I, but no, <laughs> I can't do that. You can't because you I, can't produce I, I all don't the video. Do the, yeah, I don't do all the technical You can't do stuff, all the things. So. Yeah, well, the, uh, the power of being able to do all the things. <laughs> anyway. Just wait till you go on vacation. Yeah. It's all mine. Yeah. And we should probably get to this. All right. So today <laughs> we're going to have an interview with David Smith, our interim pastor, also our ABA director. Or actually, the awesome interview, guy. Awesome, awesome guy. Man. And awesome, awesome interview. In fact, it's so awesome we had to spread it over two podcasts. That's right. So Matt. And I'm good. not just saying that because he's like our you know, leader right now. I'm, I'm saying that because he really is awesome. <laughs> it's legit. You're going to see. Pra- You're going to find out. Legit praise. And uh, so Matt's going to interview him for this podcast, and uh, that'll be fun. And I'll do it for next week. Uh, but before we get to the interview, we're going to do a new segment. We've been cooking up some new ideas for 2021. And uh, one of the ones that we want to try is this segment is called Mixed Feelings. Do we have like a little music that will go here? I think we should get some music going oh, right now. Okay. Probably some little post-production. Here we go. Mixed feelings where uh, Matt and I will share something that we have sort of mixed thoughts about, mixed feelings about. Yeah. And, um, and so we will, maybe you have the same confusion over these things as well. I don't know. Matt, do you want to go first? I'm going to let you go first. Hey, I've been hyping this thing up. I feel like it's it's your turn to talk, man. I'm giving <laughs> you the play. You want to step up and T-ball? No. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the reason is, is because I, I want to see where you go with this. I have something in mind, but I don't know if it's like too personal. Too personal. Wow. I don't know. I... Okay. Well, we'll see how this goes. Um, all right. So my thing is this. Okay. I have mixed feelings. Mixed feelings about those cars. I don't even know what they're called because I don't even feel like they're cars. They have two wheels in the front and one wheel in the back, and it's like a glorified motorcycle. It's like one of those Cam Ann motorcycles, but it's like more of a car, and I think it's a two-seater. Uh-huh. Um, and they look really cool. They're super impractical. They're electric. My neighbor got one, and it's awesome. I just My kids think that Batman lives next door okay? because <laughs> it looks like a Batmobile slash Batcycle deal. But the car, Josh, my neighbor, if you listen to this, no, one, I think you're awesome, by the way. And your car is awesome. But I have mixed feelings about your car, okay? It's got LED lights around the whole thing, okay? It's like Christmas year-round on this thing. And the LED lights, they go blink a bunch of different colors, and it's super cool, and it's it's just awesome. Our kids think it's really cool. But if I'm driving down the road, and I see this car driving the road, first of all, I'm thinking, man, all those lights, it makes it super visible. This is great. I will never hit that car. Because you can't miss it. Like, you can't miss it. Yeah. But at the same time, but I have mixed feelings. I'm staring at this car and not the road. <laughs> you know? It's like, that is so cool and hypnotic. All those colors and, oh, there's a semi-truck. You know? So I have a little mixed feelings about this. So on one side, I feel like it's like Tevia from uh, Fiddle on the Roof. Have you ever seen that movie? On one hand, you know, it's incredibly safe. I've never seen that movie. You, you need to. It's a classic. Okay. Um, but on the other hand, it's very distracting. You know, yeah. now I feel like I don't need to see it. No, that's Maybe. it. No, no, you got to watch Fiddler on the Roof. It is a classic, classic movie. Great, great, great. If tale. you say so, okay. I did. I said so. So, mixed feelings about this strange car. It is very easy and noticeable to see while you're driving, but it's also incredibly distracting. You know, I have 
I have two different neighbors. Um, we we look out on a kind of a park, and we have two different streets. And I have two different neighbors that have one of those. So it must be like our neighborhood. I don't know, man. But they are they are stinking cool. They are yeah, really cool looking. They are really cool. I wish wish I had one, but that's all right. It's, um, you know, not gonna happen. But sorry. <laughs> all right. You could, so your dream. So my thing, it, it's it, it, I want to say personal. It's not like you know. It, Let's be real. I, I have I have mixed feelings right now because I'm almost worried about we, what you're talking about. No, no, no. It's all good. <laughs> we we inherited this chair. And it's a recliner chair. Um, we inherited it from a neighbor a few months ago. I mean, it's super comfortable. And I love this chair. But one of the reasons they got rid of it is because it's like a fake leather, like a pleather type thing where it started like peeling off. Mm-hmm. And it's gotten worse. Real leather and doesn't worse, peel. It just rips. And worse and worse. And like flakes are all over our floor. And But it's like super comfortable. And... That's the reason they got rid of it. But we thought, oh, you know what? We'll just cover it. And we just got sick of covering it. And so finally. What are you covering it with? Uh, like a blanket over the over the back of it. And, if, <laughs> and finally. Afghan myth. Yeah, finally, my wife and I both said no more. No more. No matter how comfortable it is, we got to get rid of the chair. And so we took it out. And it sat on our curb for about five days. What, no one wanted no this chair? No one wanted this chair. Like, it's a huge... Curbside special? It's a huge... No takers? Like, nice recliner, except for the fact that it's flaking and peeling apart. I remember this chair. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different chair. Oh, okay. Um, so we finally... Um, I didn't go anywhere, and so I finally thought, okay, you know what? Maybe this could, like, go in the garage, or maybe it could go in... Youth room! (laughs) My wife said I can't do that, by the way. Uh, She said, do not give that to the church. Uh, All leftover couches must go to the church. Right, right, right. So we we get to keep it, and um, I'm thinking, okay, you know, started shopping around for, like, chair covers, and so... I I have mixed feelings. I I love the chair and hate the chair. Like I hate what it does. I just I kind of want to get rid of it, but I also like want to keep it. And so, um, so right now we still have it. And um, yeah, I, I don't know if that counts. I just have mixed feelings about it. Like you love the chair because it's comfy. I love the chair, but I hate the chair because of the fact that it like flakes everywhere. So you're a man divided. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I guess comfiness so. versus like it looks good. It sometimes it's hard to find that happy medium. Yeah, you know. it is. Well, Matt, thanks for sharing that and getting that off your chest. I know that was, you know, it's almost like a first world <sighs> problem good. rant. feels good. But yeah. um, it's almost like, you know, before you get married, you had that really comfortable couch that looked awful. It's like, <laughs> no, it's got to go. Yeah, it's, it's got to go. go. All right. Well, that uh, was our first segment and attempt at uh, mixed feelings. We'll um, attempt other things in the future, perhaps. If you dig it, let us know if there's something that you have mixed feelings about. Yep. And, you know, you kind of can go either way about this particular item or issue or or thing in your life. Uh, we are now going to transition to our interview with David Smith. So in a second, in five seconds, you're going to be watching and listening to Matt and David as they close out the rest of this podcast in a very cool interview. So do I get to have your chair? Like I'll you will get you to have of... my chair. All right. That's I'll right. I'll you give your chair. you my chair. We'll see you in a second, but I will not. Bye-bye. And we are back, and our special guest today is Mr. David Smith. David Smith is the 
executive director of the Austin Baptist Association. That's a mouthful. It is. Uh, I, I, get, I got it right. You though. got it right. Okay. Right on. And he happens to be our interim pastor in this time as we're looking for a new pastor. So, David, thank you for coming and hanging with us. Listen, I am honored. I'm honored. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're honored to have you here. Thanks. Appreciate so. that. I think it's just a great way to communicate out to folks, and I appreciate all of you all that are listening in today. So, thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, here's what we're going to do. So, this this week we're going to give you some questions, and then uh, next week Daniel is going to continue the interview, and, and there'll be that's part two. Okay. And so, uh, those of you out there, you're going to be hearing this, and uh, this is a two week thing. So, David's got a lot of good stuff for us. So, David, we we like to have a lot of fun in asking questions, and okay. so um, we're going to start off by not getting too serious. Is that okay? That's good. All I right. can do that. I can do that. <laughs> All right. We do a thing called the lighting round where we ask questions just off the fly, and, and you got to answer these like as the best answer. Like on spur of the moment. Okay. You can do this? I, I'll, I'll give it my all best right, shot. All right. We got okay. some good ones for you. Okay. okay. All right. David, we want to know, what is your favorite burger? Go. Uh, Mighty Fine. Mighty Fine Burger? Okay, yeah. Mighty Fine all the way. I'm, yeah. I think I'm with you there. I love <laughs> Mighty Fine Burgers. Very good. Clean hands. Clean, Clean hands. hands. There you all go. Right, all right. All right. Now, next question. You ready? Okay. Your favorite band? Has to be Chicago. Chicago. Absolutely. I love Chicago. Very good. Very good. I'm telling you, my I tell my kids, 80s music, it's the best. Oh, I love 80s music. Yeah. I did not know this. I did. I went to Wheaton College just outside of Chicago. Yeah. And it just it was a it was a natural connection there. So oh, yeah. 80s music is my favorite. There you go. Um next to Christian music, right? That's what I'm That's right. To say. Yes, exactly. Yeah, praise yes. and worship. Absolutely. And, and then yes. 80s music. Okay. <laughs> so okay. So if you were to if you were to this isn't a lightning round question, but would you say like next to Christian and praise and worship, like is eighties music pretty much what you love to look? Is that your go to? It is your favorite? absolutely. In fact, if uh, if you punch the buttons on the presets on my truck, eighties <laughs> music is right there. And yeah, uh, me too. Oh, well, very good. We need to ride together more often. Yeah, I know we? those. I, I don't always listen, let my kids listen to those stations, but you know <laughs> when they're not in the car. That's um, right. No. All go. right. Good. Good. Okay. Next question. Here you go. Ray. Okay. Favorite sports team. Chicago Cubs. Oh, more Chicago. No, okay. I. You know, it's it's kind of interesting. So baseball's like your favorite sport to watch. No, I just uh, you know again while I was there and at Wheaton uh, would make you know uh, trips into the city and uh, just really enjoyed that. And I liked the Cubs even before they won the World Series. Yeah. And uh, I tease my wife. I really, for some reason, have an affinity to Chicago, and she tells me that if I move there, I'll have to move there as a single man. So I, I tell her that God has spoken. I'm not. I'm not moving. I'm to not Chicago. going to no, Chicago. I'm not going to Chicago. So do people? Do people in Chicago like love the band Chicago? Going back to the previous question, like I think that I think they do. A lot of them do. I think they, they do. I kind of feel like they have to because yeah. yeah, it's uh, you know the city's pretty polarized about their sports teams. So yeah. if you're on the south side, you're a White Sox fan. Yeah, and uh, on a north side, or you're a you're a Cubs fan. Sure, but, uh, it's just an experience. I mean. If if you've not ever taken your kids, you need to go to a Cubs game. It's great. Uh, I've never I've never been to a Cubs game. Oh, I've been to Chicago several times, but I've there never been to a Cubs Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, now we're gonna do some random questions. Okay. So these are questions that he's actually uh, heard before. Yeah. Uh, he knew before he's coming in here, but um, we want to just give you a taste of uh, of the other side of David. Maybe some things that you didn't know. Some <laughs> some quirky fun facts. And I'm. I, I'm just going to go ahead and ask this because this is one thing that I notice and I love. The socks. 
The tell socks. me, tell me about the socks. Let me, let me see. Let me see if I can demonstrate today. There. Oh, there we go. There's the socks. Show me. Show me. What? Okay. Here we go. Right. Oh, oh there flowers. We go. Flowers. Oh, there. okay. There you go. Is there a story behind this? Story behind this. Absolutely. So I, uh, I have always been uh, a fan of leaders. Uh-huh. And uh, there's a leader by the name of Drayton McLean, lives in Temple, Texas, okay. and uh, is a member of First Baptist in Temple. One of the things that makes him pretty unique is he is in the top 50 wealthiest people on the planet. Really? And he's also a Southern Baptist. How about that? And so we had the occasion to meet at, at that meeting as a result of uh, some things that we were doing. He gifted me uh, a pair of crazy socks. <laughs> and I said, please give me the story behind it. And here's exactly what he said. He said, if you get up... And you put socks on that match the color and the outfit that you're wearing. He said, there's no creativity in it. He said, I want to get up every day. I want to think creative thoughts. I want to think new thoughts. I want to think outside of the box. And uh, if you were to look on YouTube, he and George Bush, great friends, are, are always wearing crazy socks. And so I hand out crazy socks to people. I wear crazy socks. I had my Tony the Tiger socks on on Sunday morning. On Sunday morning. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Julie, yeah, Julie's not so sure. She's not so sure. <laughs> I think I noticed uh, it was in a staff meeting one day. I just looked down. I was like, "Oh, he's he's got some fun socks on." And uh, this last Monday, I noticed she had um, golf socks. Golf socks. But you have elf socks, right? I do, buddy. Buddy the elf. Buddy the elf. Is, socks? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Elf the movie was you know way high up. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm wearing Batman socks today. Very actually. good. I like that. I like here, that. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's fun. That's yeah. fun. And I, I I bet most people didn't know that, but now they do. Now they do. And I'm, I'm going to say probably every Sunday people are going to say, hey, what socks what, do you what socks today? Do you have on? That's right. That's so right. be ready. Okay. I'll be, be ready. ready. They'll be asking. Okay. Okay. All right. So what is the weirdest food you love? Oh, my goodness. So my wife and my daughter, they tease me that I should go on a show like Fear Factor because there's really <laughs> nothing that, uh, that I won't eat. So I don't. I don't know what it is, but in thinking about this question, a fun story. So we had an, an opportunity to go to South Korea, uh-huh. and uh, just about everywhere we went, we saw live octopus. And my wife said, you ought to just eat one of those whole. Well, an octopus, you know, the body portion is at least the size of your fist. Well, right. I got a big mouth, but I can't swallow <laughs> that. But we found a smallish one. The, the funny story was I just told the fella through some, you know, me broken English, him, you know, broken English trying to figure this out. And he just took it, chopped it up, and I just ate it. In fact, uh, Octopus. I, yeah, I, I became a, uh, that was my biggest Facebook day, you know, for, wow. on record. And the funny thing was afterwards, the uh, the pastor that was hosting me said, you know, that wasn't a really good idea because you're supposed to put oil on the uh, on the octopus because those suction cups can stick to your throat and people actually have to go to the emergency room. And oh, I go, man. yeah, that was probably not my best my best I'll have to remember that the next time I eat octopus. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Live, octopus. Live wallets wiggling octopus. Are you serious? I'm I mean, serious. Like it was still alive? It was still alive. It wasn't cooked. It wasn't cooked. No, it was raw. They just he was oh. he was in the tank. They chopped him up and I ate him. Yeah, that's definitely weird. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. That's Thanks. Right. Thanks. Something else like I can say I've never done. All right. I, I want to know this. Um you know, I, I work with students, but but what did you do in high school? What, what, who were you like as a what were you like as a high school student? So uh, first of all, uh, I, I had the privilege of going to a small Christian school, so uh-huh. we only had twenty one people in wow. my graduating class. Uh, I can remember when my kids first saw my high school letter jacket, and they go, "Man, Dad, you must have been you know a really athletic person." And I said, "No, 
everybody had to play so that we had enough people on the team. <laughs> Just to make the my team. yeah, my my sport of choice was soccer, and okay. uh, really enjoyed that. In fact, uh, and where was this? Where... This was in Colorado Springs. Oh, okay. okay. So uh, Colorado Springs Christian School, and a great place to grow up. But uh, played basketball, played baseball, um, and uh, and soccer. We didn't have enough people to play football. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, student government and these kinds of things. I was, uh, you know, I uh, I really like math and science. So those were kind of the that was kind of who I was when I was I was in high school there. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, fun stuff. Yeah. 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 So the the sport that you played was soccer. Yes. And c- couldn't do football because you didn't have enough people on the team. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's fun to know. Exactly. All right. Let me ask you this. So uh, you're in high school doing the soccer thing, all that. But how how did you come to be in the ministry? Like, how did God work wow. in your life to to bring you to that point? Wow, man! I'm telling you, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow some minutes from later on segment to to tell you a cool story for me. So, when we when we moved to Colorado Springs, my dad took a position with a ministry called Child Evangelism Fellowship, uh-huh. and so I had gone to two different high schools, and now in my sophomore my freshman year, and then as sophomore year, I was going to go to a third high school. My parents were great. They said, "Hey, we'll go to a church that." Um, you know that you'll you'll really like, and they had a great youth youth program. Mm-hmm. And while I was in high school, our youth minister took another position, and so they just asked me. They said, "Hey, would you be willing to serve and to help?" Which, by the way, uh, I mean, I love the way that you do uh, you know youth ministry. You're engaging your students, but I really believe that it was through that experience that the Lord began to you know to lead me uh, into that. Uh, I went away to Wheaton College, and crazy, uh, no direction. I wanted to be a professional soccer player and an engineer, uh, the math and science thing. Mm-hmm. But I came home after three semesters um, to go to the University of Colorado. And at that point, the church hired me to be their youth guy. Hmm. And uh, interestingly enough, during that time, I went to my uh, my earthly father and I just told him, I said, you know, I think God's probably calling me to ministry. Wow. To which he said, no, I don't I don't think so. <laughs> and then later on, he told me, he said, the reason why I did that was I wanted you to be very convinced uh, that God was calling you, that this was not just something convenient or good mm. to do. And I was really, you know, really excited about that. And that's really where the Lord began to, you know, direct my heart and my mind toward ministry. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, my my dad was a, a minister and got burned um, uh-huh. as, as he's working in churches. And when I told him I wanted to go to the ministry, it was something similar where they just oh, said, wow. no, you don't. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. Yeah. And, um, you know, they they warned me. They they kind of helped me to, to to realize that it's it's hard, but yeah. I I knew that that's what God was calling me to Amen. do. Amen. And so, yeah. uh, and they're, you know, they're proud and, and uh, God worked it all out. It's awesome. good. So, That's great. Yeah, That's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so you know, for the young people that are listening, you know, if uh, if you have an opportunity to serve uh, in any area of your church, step into it and see what uh, what God might uh, be leading you in. I think it's a good. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for that, David. Okay, I want to ask you some uh, some ministry questions okay. that are kind of related to what you do and what you're currently doing, uh, both with us and and also with the Austin Baptist Association. Okay. Um, tell us what you do exactly as the director, and um, how'd you end up there? Okay. So uh, prior to coming to the association, I was pastor at First Baptist in Dripping Springs. Okay. And because I was so very young, had no gray hair at all. Like how young? How young? 37. Okay. 37 uh, when I came on to the association. And uh, as a 37-year-old, I was one of the younger pastors in the association. And my predecessor, he announced that he's retiring. 
And so they invite me to come to the meeting. And I said, I just think that the association in its current form uh, is really, you know, not as relevant as it needs to be. Hmm. And uh, in fact, uh, some of my closest friends, uh, uh, your former pastor, my good friend, Steve Washburn, Mm -hmm. teased me. I said, you know, I, I don't get the association. I mean, maybe we don't even need it anymore. And, you know, here I am. And um, over the course of time, the Lord really gave all of us kind of a, a vision as to what the association could do and be. And, and here's the simple way to describe it. We are a collection of churches that voluntarily cooperate together to do something bigger than one individual church can do on its mm-hmm. own. So whether you're First Baptist Pflugerville or you're a little church of eight or nine people, Gateway Baptist Church, all of us can come together to reach Austin and the surrounding area with the message of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So I spend a, a good deal of time of casting vision to our churches. You know, what can we do together that will help us to reach Austin and this area? Uh, of course, uh, we don't, each individual church is individually owned and operated. They manage themselves, but sometimes I'll step in and help them through issues and situations and this kind of thing. Uh, but one of the biggest things that we do is we plant new churches. Uh, most people don't realize this, but the lifespan of most churches is about 70 years. Mm. And unless they reach the next generation and they've got a vibrant, growing next generation coming up, they die off. They die off. Yeah. Exactly. And so what we do is we plant new churches. And uh, we're right now in the process of you know rolling out some new, more aggressive ways to plant churches and reach new people. Um, you know, imagine building a church with the people that you're reaching in mind. Hmm. So you're not you're not trying to have to overcome a whole lot of tradition because there's not any. Right. I mean, it's it's brand new and it's exciting. The other thing that we do, which is um, exceedingly uh, rewarding for me is we put churches in peer-to-peer relationships. So we'll find a church of a similar size, maybe based on worship attendance or budget and this kind of thing, and say, hey, why don't you guys communicate with one another? You do really good in nursery or preschool. These guys do really good in outreach. Why don't you guys kind of learn from each other? Hmm. So we develop friendships, relationships amongst churches. And uh, it's real fun because I could really spend you know, hours going around the association saying this church is really, this This is their hot button. This is their A number one best thing that they, they kind of do. Mm. And But what's exciting to me is this, Matt, you've got 200 expressions of church and God loves every one of them. Yeah. In fact, he refers to the church as his bride. I mean, how mm. how cool is that? Yeah. And so people say, hey, what's the best way to do church? I said, just the way that you're doing it. And I don't even think, I mean, there's some ways that you know, we haven't even imagined that we can reach people and share the gospel of Jesus. So those are those are basically the things uh, the things that I do on a on a daily basis. Wow, that's yeah. awesome! So what what's your what, what do you love most about your job? Well, I, when when you guys sent me this question, I thought, man, this this almost is so teed up. <laughs> My favorite thing to do is to help churches find their next pastor. Yeah. In fact, uh, we have some volunteers and we have some paid staff that work with us. But the, you know, as we say in the Old Testament, the law of the Medes and the Persians that never will be broken Mm -hmm. is I train every single pastor search team in the association. And, you know, we don't have all of them turning over pastors at the same time. And people say, well, why are you so involved in that? And I said, well, I said on a very practical level, if they get the wrong guy, 
then I'm dealing with all the problems. So mm-hmm. if I'm involved in the process, at least I can, you know, kind of have an idea as to where they're going in this kind of thing. But there is something amazing, Matt, about seeing God call a pastor to come uh, to a new church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when that relationship you know, begins. And I know, you know, for you and, you know, Daniel McGinty and the other staff, you know, how exciting for you is now, you know, now we've identified who that next shepherd is Mm -hmm. for the next level, for the next season, for the next, you know, uh, version as to what First Baptist Pflugerville is going to be. So it's, it's, that for me is my my favorite. This one's kind of interesting because I don't typically do the interim, uh, the interim thing. Uh, But, you know, I've, I've known your church, this church for, the entirety of of my ministry in the Austin area, so over 25 years, and uh, I I literally went to my board and I said, I know we've kind of agreed that I won't do this because I've got 200 churches that could at any time <laughs> need me, and they said, hey, go at it, and uh, we're behind you. So I'm That's excited. Lord, so glad you did. Well, thanks. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. I, I want to ask you this. Um, that's your favorite part of the job, but what yep. um, what would you say is the the most challenging part of uh, what you do, and, and what are some of the challenges that uh, churches in the association are facing yeah. today? Well, one one of the things that's that's happened is we do have some churches that um, you know because they've been meeting the budget and they've got a pretty good attendance, mm-hmm. they've they've really forgot that what they're really about is to make disciples. That's right. They're to make disciples. A lot of time they say, "Hey, we got to get more people in worship. We got to do this. We got to do that." No, you have one job: make disciples. Yeah. And if you're making disciples, those people will come and be involved in the church. Right. So it's, you know, we're seeing a lot of churches that have missed a generation or multiple generations. And, you know, how do we help them kind of kickstart, um, you know, and come come back around? I describe any association in this way, uh, and your listeners are really sharp, so I'll give it to them real quick. About 20% of any church, of the churches in an association are kind of getting it. They're doing well. Things are great. About 20% of the churches need one or two clicks to kind of get them on board. Mm-hmm. Probably about 40% of the churches in association are dying. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really, you know, they're in tough straits. And then 20% are dead. Uh, they keep going because their building's paid off. They can pay their debts and these kinds of things. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to say, what does it look like in this next season for these churches, how can they be vibrant? And some of our churches are looking for ways to reinvent themselves mm-hmm. so that they can be a service to the community in which they live. Um, we have uh, currently have four buildings, church buildings that have been deeded back to us. The congregations got too small. And in those four buildings, we have 13 congregations. <laughs> Hello, that is not a misspeak. And obviously they can't all worship at 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. Right. But it saves them greatly from having to to buy buildings. Sure. One of my favorite stories, and in, in fact, you and I were talking about this before we we went on the air, uh, was what uh, I experienced firsthand in Carrollton, Georgia. It's called City Station, and this church was saying, "Hey, we're we're kind of out of here in the middle of nowhere. Maybe we need to relocate. So let's relocate so we can be a blessing to the city." Now, listen to this. This is crazy. They went to the city and they said, "What do you guys need?" And they said, well, we need some housing for students that go to West Georgia College. We, you know, we could use a place, you know, where there was, you know, it was a food court. We could use a gym. We could use uh, some child care and this kind of thing. And they build their church with the community in mind. Wow. So what happens is the people of the church serve to staff all of these different areas. And by the way, they had a, you know, they had a workout room, a, a weight room, a, a gym. 
And they're developing relationships with people in the community who are coming to receive these services. And imagine how natural it is for them to say, hey, why don't you come back on Sunday? We've got church. That is so cool. And it, here's, here's, what, well, here's what's interesting. Yeah. Do you know there's a lot of people today that they've never been to church in their life? And I know that for you and me, that's a shocker. Yeah. What do you mean you've never been to church? Yeah. I mean, we have, we have a, a person on my street in Pflugerville, Texas, who never has ever been to church. We were having a conversation, and he asked me what I did. And, and what's interesting about that is that most people would go to him and say, hey, why don't you come to church? Well, if he's lived over 30 years of his life, he's never been to church. He's probably not going to come in an invitation because he's, for whatever reason, chosen not to. What do we need to do? Develop a relationship with him, mm-hmm. serve him, love him, and then eventually maybe, you know, he comes to church because of that relationship. Oh, that's awesome. It's 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 fun time. So it's so outside the box. Like, well, <laughs> <laughs> for so many of us, like that, that's just foreign. Um, but I love that. I love that. Just the the thought of that and the idea of that of being a blessing to the community and and. And looking for ways to to bring people in that aren't necessarily, hey, come come to church on Sunday morning at eleven a.m. But saying, hey, come and, and be a part of of this and this service that our church provides or this ministry that we have, and and yeah, exactly, that is so cool. Well said. I might need to get you to 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 do my advertising, you know, <laughs> you know, for all of that. But for instance, your church, a great illustration of that. I mean, you have a preschool program. We ones, I, I don't know exactly the name that, that you go by, yeah. but you yeah. have people in your community that are not of Christian faith mm-hmm. that bring their kids here because they say, this is good for my kids. Sure. Now, imagine developing relationships with those people and maybe introducing them to Jesus Christ, and they, wow. they come and be a part of the church. So way to go, Pflugerville. You're doing a great job. Absolutely. So cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I've got one last question for okay. you. And, um, this, is, um, this question is about... We talked about challenges. I want to talk about the challenges that you're giving to us as a church right now. Okay. Um, you have um, you've given us a challenge to pray for five yep. uh, five people in our, uh, that we know that uh, don't know Christ. Very good. You've also given us the uh, the Bible reading challenge. Yes. Uh, so I'd like for you to talk a little bit more about those and and um, kind of just sh- share what what you've uh, how God led you to that and like what you, what you've seen what you've heard from people as we've started that and and just. Yeah, share more about that if you Okay, like. good. Thanks for the opportunity to do that. I, I believe that uh, if, in fact, God's Word is His love letter to us, then, then we ought to read it. Mm-hmm. And I think we ought to read it through in its entirety. And I have found over the past number of years in doing this that I'll run into Scripture passages that I probably wouldn't have picked up in devotional sure. reading. Um, you know, uh, there's all kinds of devotional books that are outstanding but there's some passages that just never seem to show up in that, and I think it's something powerful about reading the Bible through. For instance, I'll give you an illustration. The other day I'm reading, and uh, Abraham's got a son. His son's name's Isaac, and his servant is to go and get Isaac a wife. Mm-hmm. For all of you kids who uh, don't want your parents selecting your wife, man, <laughs> this is a crazy story. So what's happening? And and I just put the story into my my own thought process. The servant's going out, and he's he's talking to God, and he's going, hey, God, I got a plan. So um, listen, when we get to this next village, if this lady is willing to give me water, and oh no, let's and she's going to water my camels, I'll know that she's the one. And I and I laugh to myself, what is God thinking? No, dude, hey, listen, I'll I'll tell you who the wife needs to be. We don't need to water camels, but God does, and yeah. and it works out. 
And it just, in reading it, it brings, you know, the Bible to life, mm-hmm. you know, for me. Now, yeah, the, Levitic, the Leviticus passages and that chapter. Genealogy. The genealogy, <laughs> that's, that's tough stuff. But, you know, read quick and, and, and get through it and that kind of thing. But I think what happens is God speaks to us through his word. So that's the first thing. And as you and I talked the other day, yeah, we currently have over 100 people, 100 people, in this fellowship, online, in person, saying, hey, I will commit to read the Bible through in a year. This is in our church. In your church. Yeah. In your church specifically. Yeah. And uh, I mean, and, and I do that typically uh, at churches that I, at, you know, I attend. But if, uh, you know, if you'd like my Bible reading guide, you can, you know, connect with Matt or with Daniel, and I'll, I'll be happy to email it to you. Uh, but there's a lot of great Bible apps that you can go on and you can click off and you can read through. You can read it through chronologically. Mm-hmm. Um, you can read it chapter by chapter. You can read it Old Testament, New Testament. I mean, there's all kinds of ways. There are, there are. And you can even listen to it. Yeah. And that and that's uh, the Bible in One Year is the the app that I use on on the Uversion app. And, okay. Uh, or the through the Bible app. And, yeah. Uh, I, I love to listen to that, especially when you come to some of the genealogies. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> you put that on play and listen. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, But, yeah, I, I, we've done that. Um, my wife and I have both uh, done that particular app. Um, several different years. Well, I appreciate so, that. And yeah. then, and very quickly, then the pray for five is this. Yeah. You know, Scripture talks about us praying in accordance with God's will. Sure. And Scripture actually says this, that it is not God's will that any would perish. Hmm. So God sends his son Jesus to die on the cross that we might have salvation. But individuals have their own, you know, their own responsibility, their own right, their own decision to be made That's as right. to whether they want to give their life to Jesus Christ. But if it's God's will, and he says, if you pray according to my will, I'll answer that, mm-hmm. I think it's the most significant thing that we can do. And so I've, I've literally asked people to pray every day, and on this card, it gives a very specific prayer for every one of those five people. And what I'm looking forward to, Matt, is as we have some people to say, hey, this person um, you know, gave their life to Jesus Christ. I'm looking for us to get just a phone testimonial from these people. Mm-hmm. And imagine week after week, we have some testimonies of people coming to faith in Christ, because again, that's what we're about. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're about making disciples. disciples. We're yeah. about making converts. And I see church as being very participatory. Yeah. I mean, that's why I had us bring golden bowls and us talking about <laughs> about you know heaven being filled with bowls filled with the uh, incense of our uh, you know of our prayers. So thanks for asking. I appreciate that much. Uh, thank you for challenging us and, mm-hmm. and thank you for leading us during this time. And uh, we look forward to getting to serve with you and look forward to next week. You're going to be uh, sharing a lot more next week with Daniel. Absolutely, uh, as as we do that. But um, as we wrap up this podcast, um, can I ask? Would you pray us out? Absolutely. I'd be honored to. Let's Let's, do it. Let's do it. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to have this conversation with Matt. God, thank you for his heart to minister uh, to the youth here at this church. But uh, God, we are absolutely beyond words excited to, to be your servants in this place and serve this church, this fellowship known as First Baptist Church Pflugerville. God, we, we pray for the next pastor that you have already identified to come to this church. And God, I pray that the work that you need to do in my heart, our hearts, and the church's heart collectively, God, you would accomplish that purpose. God, we're going to continue to read our Bible. We're going to continue to witness. We're going to read our read your word. We're going we're gonna to pray for lost people. But God, we're, uh, we're asking you that you might prepare that next shepherd for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, God, with anticipation, we're looking forward to uh, to being the best-looking, best-active bride we can be for you. So thank you for this time, Lord. In your name I pray. 
Amen. 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 David, thank you. And thank you for uh, honoring us with uh, your presence here today in in this interview. And uh, uh, we want to just encourage you out there to uh, follow us. If you're not already following us, uh, we're out there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever you listen to. And be sure you like us. I mean, (laughs) mean you like us, but like click on the, the thumbs up, you know, the thumbs up right there. Um, and get the word out. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And we will part two next week with David. So be sure you tune into that next week. Thanks.